You're listening to episode 66 of the Broken Glass Podcast, Developing Your Music Business for Growth with Kendra Chantel. You're listening to the Broken Glass Podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Broken Glass podcast. Uh, Today, I have Kendra Chantel with me. She is a singer, songwriter, and vocal coach out of Nashville, Tennessee. So welcome to the podcast, Kendra. Hello, and thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, You've got um, a lot of things going on that we love to chat about on the podcast. So let's just let's just dive right in and get started. So tell me a little about yourself and what you're doing right now. Um, Like you said, I'm a singer, songwriter and vocal coach. I am spending most of my time doing remote vocal coaching these days. Um, In the past, my schedule was always primarily touring, doing background vocals, and doing a lot of session work, and then filling in vocal coaching. Um, But because this year has just been a little bit of a change, I'm uh, teaching more than anything, and then filling in uh, with remote session work and a little bit of background vocals for live stream shows and, and things around town. And I'm also releasing original music. So I've definitely had my hands full in this season. Yeah. And it's definitely been an interesting time too. You mentioned, you know, really having to pivot to doing more of your vocal coaching. What was that like for you? That, that shift, um, was that an easy shift to make or or did you have a lot of challenges with that? What's really interesting about it and something I'm very thankful for is I had this like overwhelming feeling around January that I really wanted to dig into teaching way more this year. And I have some peers that had been telling me that they did a lot of remote sessions with people in other cities and states. And I was kind of against the idea of teaching on Zoom or, you know, I was just kind of afraid I would miss the energetic connection that I love about being in a room with somebody. Um, So I had just started to do my homework on all that stuff in the first part of the year. So when March hit and things shut down, I actually knew my way around it and had started reaching out to clients in other places. And I was in a really nice place. Um, and I was super thankful for that. I was like, wow, who knew that I was preparing for this season? And I had no idea. Yeah. That's kind of, uh, what's the word fortuitous. <laughs> like yeah, very. You, you were, you were, you know, ready to, you know, dive into that. And then it was, it was there. And I think that probably, you know, a lot of people had that learning curve, but you were just one step ahead of everybody with that. Yeah, it definitely helped me not skip a beat. Um, while a lot of people around me had to scramble and figure out things, um, to modify their, their work life to make it remote. You know, I was super thankful that I didn't have a big hiccup there. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Has it been hard to not be, you know, doing your normal performing and and whatnot, or has it been, you know, just a a welcome change for you? I know some people are like, oh, it's kind of getting burnt out by touring. And I really wanted to, to just have that time and, 
I'm just really curious to, to know how everybody's really kind of going through that. Yeah, I would say I'm equal parts both. Like I never would have given myself this time. Um, so it's not something that I ever would have experienced if it hadn't been kind of dealt to me. Um, I'm one of those people that I just love what I do so much. I don't really say no to very many opportunities and I tend to book myself silly and not leave a lot of alone time or just, you know, time for rest or restoration. And this is the first time in the last decade that I've been home consistently and had time to like really rest and I have a garden and, you know, I've really kind of just dug into enjoying everything that I never have the time for. Of course, I miss touring. I miss traveling. I miss the rush of live shows, but this has been a really nice reset. And I, you know, I never would have given this to myself. So it's been amazing. Yeah, no, I know for me, it's, it's been welcome change to really being able to work on the podcast more and, and, you know, build the business. So I, I kind of felt the same way. I was kind of like, well, what am I going to do being home all the time? <laughs> and then it was like, oh no, I can work on the business. I can, you know, I'm reading more mm-hmm. um, and just kind of figuring out what I really want from the business and from life. And so, it, yeah, for, I think for, for a lot of people like, you know, yourself and, and, and myself, it was definitely a welcome change to, to figure everything out. Um, so let's go back a little bit. How did you get started in music? How did you get started as a vocal coach? Um, what, what really prompted your, uh, choice in, uh, career in music? You know, I have a hard time pinpointing the moment that I started in music because I grew up in a musical family. Um, my mom is an incredible singer. My dad is a drummer my babysitters were always like musicians that were (laughs) in town. And I just grew up in a house where like, we were always harmonizing and like just kind of jamming together. So I didn't realize that everybody doesn't sing well until I was like way too old to not know better. Um, And I just remember always focusing on that. And like my earliest memories are playing shows for my neighbors or my stuffed animals or my parents, dinner guests, just anyone who would listen to me sing, I was like performing whether they wanted me to or not. Um, And I started to really take it seriously around the age of 13. Um, I started telling my parents, you know, like this is more than just a hobby. I just can't even imagine doing anything else with my life. And my mom had experienced some pretty severe vocal trouble when she was a singer. They were gigging a lot in the Kansas City bar circuit and she lost her voice and was on vocal rest for a couple of years. And it was a really traumatic experience, but she connected with a vocal coach that she, you know, told me changed her life and really kind of introduced her to her instrument in a way that she had never experienced. And so the first thing my parents really made a huge focus on was if you're going to do this, you have to take voice lessons. So you never experience what your mom did. Um, so at the age of 13, we started traveling to Nashville once or twice a week for voice lessons. And I started connecting with studios around town and, and started like cutting my teeth in the studio and doing session work and meeting people. So by the time I moved here at the age of 19, I had a pretty great community already. I knew my way around the city. 
Um, I had some friends and peers in the business. So it was a very natural transition. And, you know, I just kind of fell into existing in the music world. Yeah, that's great that you had that community. Because I know a lot of people move places. Like when I moved to LA, I knew nobody. <laughs> I was, I was, you know, on my own. And and uh, luckily, I had, I was in grad school, so I had that community to start with. But, you know, I know a lot of people. They they just kind of pack up and go, and they really don't have those connections and community. And and you know, some people do make it, but others have have trouble. But that sounds amazing that you you know you were kind of prepared for what was to come when you moved. Yeah. I'm very thankful for that. Cause I know so many people that just moved on a whim or like, you know, packed their car and didn't know anybody. And it doesn't mean that it's impossible, but it's certainly a lot easier when there's a familiar face or like someone that, you know, you know, right. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, not career related and just personal, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm the kind of person where if I go some, you know, move, I'm such an introvert that I would have such a hard time, you know, meeting people, but, but I guess that's, you know, the good thing about, you know, the internet now is there's a lot of these Facebook groups and, um, you know, you can find them, you know, around music industry or, you know, whatever your career is and, and you can meet people from those areas. So it's great to have that kind of community where you can connect with people. Yes. It's, it's a great time too, with all of those outlets and little communities that exist. It's, it's a better time than ever to be connected for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and I guess kind of, uh, along the lines of, of your music career, um, you have a new album coming out, um, actually this, this Friday, we're recording this, um, the week before Thanksgiving. Um, what was the process like behind that and getting it out to the world? Um, and then I guess, did your plans have to change, um, with, staying home in the pandemic and everything? Yeah, so I'm really excited that it's finally coming up Friday. Um, I actually wrote and recorded this record last year. So I had it done um, and my plan was to release it in March. Um, And I just had this like overwhelming feeling that that was a horrible time. Like that had been my plan, I had, you know, kind of drawn up a little plan of action. And as it got time to do the things that you do to lead up to a release, I just kept feeling like, I don't know why, but March is just a really bad time to do this. And so, you know, I felt like a crazy person because I'm like, I love this record. It's ready to go. But I had to honor that. And I was like, I'm going to wait and I'm just going to listen to this overwhelming feeling of pause and hopefully I'll figure it out later. And obviously if I would have put it out when I was planning on putting it out, that was right when the the major COVID shutdown hit. And I think that it would have totally got lost in the sea of chaos that was like news and um, fear and, you know, watching the TV and trying to figure out what was going on. So I'm really thankful that I listened to that. And interestingly enough, the content of the album feels very like eerily perfect for this season. Um, There's this underlying theme of like resilience and um, like unshakable faith, even through like really uncertain times and, um, you know, trying to find great things out of dark situations. So 
I don't know. I just had a copy of the CD in my car this whole time. And like, anytime I would run to the store, I would hear the songs and I was starting to hear them in a different light. And I was like, oh my gosh, these like, these really resonate with where we're at. So um, I felt like this would be a great moment to put it out because we're all still kind of in this strange holding pattern, but I do feel like we need music and we need a message that is relevant. Um, so this feels like the moment now. So yes, my plans definitely changed, but I think that they're oddly perfect now. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I, I, I agree with you. I think if it had been in March, it probably would have been just lost and you know, all the chaos. Cause I mean, I just remember that week that everything shut down and I was supposed to get my hair done. And, um, and then all of a sudden it was, Oh, we have to work from home. And I managed a team of five people. So it was trying to get them all set up to work from home. And the last thing on my mind at that time was music or podcasts or TV shows. And it was just, how do we make this happen? Right. And, um, you know, and I think even just the couple months that followed, it was still, I mean, there's still uncertainty, but it was just still uncertain. And, you know, we started to see a lot of job losses. And I think that even then too, it was still really chaotic, but I think right now, like you mentioned, it's, it is a perfect time because not to say that everything is settled, but I think we've worked in our new normal, you know, we understand what's to come if, if we go back into like these lockdowns and these restrictions, you know, so it's not too much of a shock. And I think it's, it's great to have something, some kind of music or, you know, um, any form of really entertainment that can really help us power through that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We've found our rhythm now in the craziness. Um, what's the, what's the title of the album? I'll go ahead and I'll link it to, um, in the show notes, uh, once the episode comes out and we'll have the audience, uh, can go in and listen to it. Thank you. The album is called Carousel. Okay. Yeah. And I will definitely post a link to that when, uh, the show notes come out and, um, yeah, so everybody can, can go check it out and get their dose of inspiration. Yay. Thank you. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Um, You also have your vocal coaching business. So tell me a little bit more about that and how you you got started. Um, You know, really, we talk a lot on the on the podcast about, you know, being a music entrepreneur, you know, having that entrepreneur mindset. So it's, it's always interesting to hear about, you know, when somebody has their music career, but then they also have a business associated with it. Yeah, I actually, I feel like I I kind of stumbled into vocal coaching in almost an accidental way. Um, I mentioned before, I started taking lessons at a very young age. So I just always really valued, um, you know, technical knowledge of the voice and vocology, which is science of the voice. And I studied with several different teachers that I feel like I, I got you know, a really beautiful variety of um, information from. And most of the last decade, you know, when I was on sessions with other singers or doing shows, I was always warming everybody's voice up. I was always just kind of like coaching without meaning to, you know, I would hear somebody do something and I'd be like, oh, you know, if you change that vowel shape, you'll reach that high E. Or, you know, if you would just um, do this with your breath support, you'd, you'd feel a big difference. And I, I never thought like I would be a teacher, but I didn't 
even notice how much I was doing that all the time. And I was in a place where I was really ready to put like all of my eggs in the music basket, but I had always kept a, you know, a side hustle of some kind, just in case music wasn't sustaining all my financial needs. So I would work the front desk at a hair salon for a season. I would work in a bar. I would just do these little odd jobs. Um, and I was talking to some of my friends just saying like, man, I wish I could just do music, but I just don't know what that looks like. And they all looked at me like I was crazy. And they're like, why are you not vocal coaching? Like, you know, that's what you're supposed to do. Right. And I was like, well, why have I never thought about that? <laughs> um, and then I was nervous to just like put myself out there that way. So I very humbly just approached a lot of my friends in the business and said, Hey, can I give you like three free voice lessons? And you let me know if this is actually making sense and like, give me honest feedback and um, tell me if this is resonating with you and, you know, tell me if you experience improvement or not. And I did that with a, a lot of people that I really trust and a lot of different kinds of voices. And everyone was like, well, this is really working for me and I really love this. And so I just started taking clients and, um, you know, it used to be something that I would work in around touring and doing a lot of session work, but it's become my main focus this year. And I'm so happy because I really love it. And, you know, I'm spending a lot of the extra time that I have um, just researching and learning more than ever. I'm part of a forum of vocal coaches in town and we meet on Zoom meetings and compare strategies and techniques. And, um, you know, we study vocal health first aid and, you know, I just, I love learning about this stuff and I love doing it with people. So um, I'm really happy to, to be able to have that business. And I also think it's been a really great level up move for me as an artist because like you mentioned, um, there is a sense of just being an entrepreneur when you are an artist. Um, and I feel like having this business has really just leveled me up with my craft. You know, I'm just like really plugged into the type A part of my brain and the creative part of my brain. So I feel like it makes me a better singer and it makes me um, just more on my game. Um, but it also, you know, helps me as a coach. Right. It benefits you in both ways. You know, your artist wow. career benefits the the business and then the business benefits your artist career. Um, I kind of wanted to just go back a little bit. You'd mentioned, you know, giving the free sessions. And I think that's a great idea because, you know, you don't want to go out and, and build out this whole business and then find out that nobody wants it. And like you'd mentioned, you know, talking to your friends and can you tell me if this makes sense? Because um, I think a lot of people really get in their head, oh, I'm going to, you know, do this business and this is what I'm going to do. And they spent all this time putting it all together. And then they, you know, go to market it to their clients and it's just, it's not what people want. And I think that was like a brilliant idea just to say, you know, here's a couple free sessions. Does this make sense? Is this something that's viable for me before I put all that work, you know, into finding clients and, and everything else that goes behind it. So that really, I think, you know, in a way shows the, the entrepreneurial side too. Yeah. It was just, to me, it was a great way to like get the purest feedback. You know, it's like if somebody's not willing to invest in it because now is not a good financial time, um, I don't need to take that personally. I just want to know if the lessons themselves are actually working for people. 
Um, and in that season too, I kind of took a poll of all of the people that I, um, offered the lessons to, and I'm like, what do you think I should be charging? What do you think is an appropriate amount for this? Um, and they were all over the, the map, but it was really good to be able to get that feedback. Um, and I think that feeds into like the importance of your community. Once again, you know, like lean on the people that you really trust, get honest feedback and like do that before you take giant leaps with something that you're unsure of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I've done that too in my business. Um, you know, I really wanted to create this e-course and I was like, well, I don't know if it's going to resonate and I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if I can, you know, <laughs> I'm good at this. Um, and then I had the opportunity to create a very similar course for a company and to get that feedback that people actually loved it. I was like, okay, this <laughs> I can do this for myself now. Yeah. It gives um, you the confidence you need. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of curious, how else has, has the business helped you in your, your artist career? Like has, has that, you know, a lot of people mentioned, oh, I've figured out, you know, things I need to outsource. Um, I figured out what I like to do, what I don't like to do within my artist career. I'm just curious if there's anything that you've, you've recognized from that as well. Yeah, I definitely feel like, um, maybe this is answering this the wrong way. Maybe it's not. I think my career as a vocal coach has helped me as an artist because I have actually needed some of the advice and guidance that I've given my clients. Um, and there's just something really magical about the clients that find you and them being like uniquely what you need to be working on and you being the coach that they need. Um, it's a really cool phenomenon. And all of my fellow vocal coach friends discuss the same thing. It's like, you attract the clients that you need to be working with because they bring something to you too and vice versa. And I work a lot on like empowering my clients and helping them undo um, the things that have made them lack confidence in their art. And I didn't realize how much I needed that. And I don't think I would have made this record or um, revisited my solo career if I hadn't been vocal coaching for the last few years and just like building people up and hearing all that positive energy. Um, because, you know, I needed that too. I just didn't know it. I was so willing to give it to everybody but myself. <laughs> so, right. yeah. And I, you know, I think you learn, like you mentioned too, like you learn from them, right? There might be, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure about your clients, but I know, you know, I've talked to people where, I've offered them advice and then I've learned something from them. And I had a, a discovery call yeah. with someone earlier this week and she was trying to get information from me, but then I was also able to get some ideas from her. So it's really kind of like that two-way street sometimes, you know, everybody brings something to the table and you just, you know, you connect. And you also mentioned too, that you have done a lot of research, which has probably benefited you and your, your own artist career as well. It really has. And like, I definitely have never experienced the, um, the vocal season that I'm in right now. Um, you know, I, my instrument changes constantly. Everybody's does. There's not like a cap on what you can learn, but because I'm so focused, um, and like listening 
very intently to everyone else's technique when I'm working with them all the time. I'm just hyper aware of my own. So, you know, my personal instrument has never been healthier. And um, it's like my whole uh, mind is dedicated to just like vocal wellness all the time. And I hear that in my instrument, you know, I hear that in what I'm able to do. So it definitely makes me a better singer. Yeah, no, that's, that's amazing. And um, one of the things we talk about on the podcast too, and you know, I think it, it might apply to you kind of, you know, being out not only as a, um, you know, an entrepreneur, but as, you know, an artist um, is being a woman in the industry and, um, you know, the, the experiences we have, whether it's resistance um, because of our gender or just, you know, having trouble getting into the industry in general. So I'm just always curious, you know, to know, you know, have you come across any kind of resistance and then how did you overcome that? You know, I wouldn't say I, I feel like I've had a lot of resistance. More than anything, I feel like there's this stigma around being like, um, you know, the female singer. Um, and what I mean by that is for like the last 15 years or so, when people say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a singer. They tend to go, oh, okay, well, what's your job? Um, and you know, for the longest time, I kind of went along with that and was like, oh, you know, I do whatever. But um, I think that I just reached a moment a few years ago where I realized like, I, I need to define this in a way that people don't have room to like question it. Um, and so I was kind of given the opportunity to like level that up and create that boundary within myself. But I don't know that I've ever experienced like massive resistance more just like people kind of writing off that it's a career or like an actual job um right and you know I think if I if I had to think of any issue that I've had more than anything being a woman in the music business it's it's um tending like I feel like you get in rooms sometimes or situations where because you are a woman because you are you know we look the way that we do you end up being sexualized instead of taken seriously um but that's just been another thing where like i've taken it upon myself to just really establish and embody like clear boundaries and um just try to like conduct myself with like really business forward presence and if i ever feel like someone crosses a line 10 years ago, I might've just like thought it was weird and not really gone there. But now I just, I call it what it is. And I'm like, oh yeah, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm here because I'm a great singer and that's what I'm doing today. So don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, you hear, you know, I'm a, I'm a female singer. Right. And, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, that's cute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it definitely is a, a stigma or, you know, even just being, you know, female looking for, you know, a career in the industry, it's like, Oh, well, what are you really going to do? And I remember, you know, when I was in, in college, I was studying music business. And I remember somebody saying to me, was it like, well, what, what are you going to do in the industry? Like, and it wasn't like asking me in the way that like, it was, you know, asking in genuine, you know, curiosity, what I wanted to do. It was just like, well, you know, how are you, how are you going to work in the industry? Right. You know, it's hard. Right. And I'm like, yeah, 
but that's what I want to do. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, there are women in the industry and this, I mean, that was, you know, a long time ago too, but you know, and I know it's, it's gotten a lot better, you know, since I was in college, but I just, that just stuck out in my head. It was like, really, do you think I can't do this? Mm-hmm. And that was my freshman year. And I was like, no, I'm going to keep going and, and power through. And I think like, you know, you as well, like, no, this is my career. This isn't just like a fun hobby or, you know, it's not something I'm going to do until I decide I want a real job. Um, and, and I think a lot of women come across that, right. They come across people yeah. like not taking them seriously, and, and thinking that, oh, well, no, you're going to go, you need to go do a job that's more meant for women. But it's like, no, this is, you know, we are here and we are in the industry and it just, it drives me crazy when people ask me those kinds of questions. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And, you know, I think it's just whoever you are, if you're feeling called to do it and you're capable, that's all you need to know. Mm-hmm. No. And I just, I love, you know, what you said about, you know, just really defining it for yourself too. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to really just put it out there. Like this is, you know, this is what we want to do. This is our path and we're just going to stick with it. Um, I know I've had people who've, um, you know, listened to the podcast and said, oh, I was thinking about quitting and, and moving on to something else because, you know, they didn't see that support, right. They didn't see the strong women and, um, and then to have, a, you know, the podcast and to see all these groups pop up with women who are really, you know, kicking ass in the music industry. It really, I think that really helps too, to just see that community. Definitely. I feel like the community is bigger and stronger than it's been and it's growing constantly. Um, it's a great time to be a woman in music. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a part of a couple of different groups um, and I'm not sure what, what there is kind of in, in Nashville. I'm, I'm in Los Angeles and I know of one group that's, I think it's, I mean, it's a Facebook group, so I'm sure this is probably global, but, um, you know, I know they have a lot of, of Nashville artists in that group, but, um, is there any group in, in, in your area? I mean, obviously we can't meet in person right now, but that, that you found that's really helped you, you know, make those kinds of connections and, and, and support you as a woman in the industry. I think my favorite one, it's a Facebook group and it's, it's very big. It's called Nashville music women. Um, and we, you know, we all share a lot of info, like everything from here's a job posting. Does anybody want to apply to, you know, I'm looking for an apartment or, um, I need a bass player this Thursday Are any of you available. And like, it's just a great opportunity for us to all kind of, um, give, give the opportunity to women first, um, it's really exciting. You know, it's, it's photographers, it's, it's every job in the, the music world in Nashville. And, um, it's a great group and, and it can even be a safe place too. If, you know, I've seen people post like, Hey, I had a really weird interaction with this person at this studio. Has anyone ever experienced this? What advice can you give me? It's, it's everything from opportunities to like problem solving. It's, it's awesome. Oh, that's, that's good about the, you know, people posting about weird situations. Um, I, I've seen that in a couple of groups where they're like, Hey, I got this, or they got a message or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And is this legitimate? But, you know, f- even just for safety purposes, that's a really good idea just to, you know, connect with women. So other women don't fall into that same, I don't want to say trap, but the, you know, have that same experience. 
Yeah, but it's definitely had, you know, there's been times where someone has like an unfortunate experience or um, exchange and they're able to at least share with that group. So no one else has the same problem. You know, they're like, just so you know, this guy scammed me this way, like nobody else fall for it or, you know, right. whatever, but it, it's an awesome community. Yeah, no, that, that sounds amazing. And, you know, I know there are communities, I think in LA, I'm, I'm not familiar with a ton of them, but to, to have those connections. And I think that's, what's been great about, um, you know, this happening, the pandemic happening now is because we're also connected. Right. I think if this had gone on, you know, 20 years ago, we wouldn't have had these connections. We wouldn't be talking today by zoom, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, I think the internet, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of negativity around Facebook, but I think as far as like groups and, and business things go it's been amazing to to really make these connections across the city and across the the country yeah for sure it's definitely like we're we're more equipped for this season than any time before and there are negatives about social media and being so plugged in but if you can use it and not let it use you it's an amazing tool yeah i mean i i mostly just go on for the business now i don't yeah i don't even do I, you know, once in a while I'll do something, you know, my personal, um, accounts, but you know, it's, it's, it's a tool for me for business. And, you know, I, I stay connected with people I want to stay connected with in other ways. So, um, I actually, my friend and I both, uh, decided to limit our, (laughs) so we, you know, on, on the iPhone, there's a setting where you can say how much time you want, Mm -hmm. um, per day. So I've limited that. I'm like, I'm not even going to, I'm going to touch it for the business and that's it. So, um, and it definitely helps too, especially, you know, I noticed I'm more creative because I'm not sitting there scrolling, you know, doing the mindless scroll. And especially with everything, you know, the election and all of that, you know, I had my limits and if I went past it, then there was time to go work on writing or podcasting or the business. So, um, I think there's, there's a benefit to limiting, limiting the scroll for sure. Definitely. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up a little bit here, um, I'm just, you know, we talked about your album is being released and and this episode will go live a little bit after that, but we'll share it. Um, is there anything else on, on the horizon for you? Um, or are you just kind of holding off right now? Um, you know, letting the album organically do its thing and then you'll, start planning for 2021 or your next project? Um, I have a few other things going on too. I just was a part of a collaboration album um, by a nonprofit called Right by the Sea. In the past, what they do is they take about 10 singer songwriters and they all go to like a house or um, like a shared space somewhere with a producer and they write and record a record together, like all 10 people. Um, And I was chosen to be a part of it this year. And obviously this is not a good year to travel with a group of people. So we all did it remotely. It was like a really fun remote collaboration. I wrote the song with the producers over Zoom and then um, they built the track and they sent it back to me and I did the vocals in my home studio and 
Um, then I did background vocals on a couple of the other artists' songs on the project, and that will be out at the end of January. So I'm really excited for that project to come out. Um, and I also recently sang um, a song that will be, I think it'll be the song that's playing as the credits roll on a Netflix documentary about the history of dance, but I don't know when that's coming out, but I think it'll be coming out sometime soon. <laughs> so, you know, I've been doing like odd things remotely and it's cool because it's kind of like the album will come out and then we'll have Thanksgiving and Christmas and then the Right by the Sea project will be out at the end of January. And then this Netflix thing will be out at some point. So like little by little things are gonna continue happening and, I'm going to continue creating too. And so I just don't really ever run out of things to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations on the, the Netflix documentary. That's really cool. Thanks. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. How did, how did that come about? I'm just, I'm curious. Cause I've, I've never, you're the first person I've heard of that's had, you know, their music on a Netflix show. So this was a very interesting turn of events. Um, someone that I did a session for like years and years ago, who is a great drummer and just a really nice um, producer in town had hit me up and he was like, I need somebody to sing this song. Um, so, and I can't remember her name. Um, the girl that sings the Frozen songs. She's so amazing. Um like on the tip. Of I know who you're talking about. I'm picturing her face. Yeah. I feel like I always put <laughs> uh, her name. It's Adina. Adina. Yes. Um, so the goal was for me to sing a song so she could hear it and then perform it for this documentary. And for some amazing, strange reason, the film producers heard my version and decided that they liked it so much that they were just going to use that and not contact her. <laughs> so I was well, stoked. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm also just like very shocked. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it was just a really strange turn of events. Yeah. Well, for everybody listening, see, it can happen. <laughs> yeah. You never know you how get, things are going to work out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that's really cool because she's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So to to have them just, you know, say, oh, no, we like yours and we're going to keep it. That's that's really cool. Yeah. Congratulations I was really shocked and, and super <laughs> pumped. I was like, this cannot be real, but I'm so glad you're telling me this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it just, that kind of goes to show too, like the industry is really about connections as well. Like you mentioned, it's, you know, someone you knew who, who brought that to you. Cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm always curious, you know, if, with people like, did they apply or, you know, how do these things really come about? And, you know, a lot of this industry just is, is really about your connections and it goes into your, your networking and, you know, um, being, being a good person and, and really connecting with people. Definitely. I, I definitely have applied for things throughout my career, but I honestly feel like everything that I've ever done that was impactful or mattered has been something that someone knew me and thought I would be a great fit for it. Yeah. Um, no. And it, it it's kind of, I've noticed that like I, I do some virtual assistant work too. And I've noticed that too, in that area, um, I've applied for things and I've never heard back. And then the jobs that I've, I've had, I've received have been because I've known somebody, you know, and I, I was always the person who I hated networking. 
I am such an introvert that I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. But once you start to see that impact that it has, it makes it a lot easier. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm very much with you there. I'm I'm so not, I, I don't feel like I'm a great networker. I'm really introverted. I'm like kind of a homebody. I, you know, I just have never felt comfortable networking. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like there are other ways to do that also. Like I've made a practice of keeping up with everyone that I, I work with all year long. And at the end of every year, I send like a handwritten, like, thank you note on a holiday card. And like, that is a great thing to do to remind people who you are and be like genuinely gracious, but I don't have to like go out for a happy hour. Cause that's not my move. Right. <laughs> like, oh yeah. Same, same here. Um, but that, that's a really cool way to, to, yeah, I guess really capture people's attention too, because not a lot of people do that. And especially do you do, you do a physical card? I do. Like I do a handwritten, I'll get like, you know, a picture of me from the year at some point and I'll do like a holiday theme of, you know, like, you know, happy holidays or whatever. And, and then I'll write an actual note on the back and like reference, you know, exactly what we did, you know, like, thank you so much for hiring me for this session. I loved doing blank. Um, I really look forward to working with you next year and I hope you have a great holiday season. And it's very genuine. That's way more my style than um, trying to be at like all of the who's who events. Right. And it's just something that people remember and and it's a great way to stay on people's radar. Yeah. It's, that's such an authentic way to, to stay connected. And I mean, I agree with you. Like I'm not the go out for drinks and all that schmoozing. And I think, you know, when we talk about networking, it's got such, such a, I want to say negative connotation, but it's just got that, like, you just kind of feel not slimy, I guess. <laughs> like it doesn't feel, yeah. you know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, you know, I, I'm the same way. Like I prefer a genuine connection with somebody. And, um, I joined a group in LA here. Um, it was a networking group, but they, they did it really in a cool way. It was more of, um, you go for brunch and then you connect with people and then they have, um, like a guest panelist or, you know, a couple panelists and they'll interview them. And it didn't feel like that typical, you go somewhere, you hear somebody talk and then you go get drinks and and that's it. Right. It was, it was more of a, you get there, you sit down, you have brunch, you connect with people and then, you know, you hear from somebody and, and they did, um, the cool thing they did was at the end of the the panelists, um, you know, Q and A, they would do a group challenge or an audience challenge. So they would have split us up into groups and then do something where we'd have to do a pitch or come up with something. So it was another way to connect people. Um, and I, I preferred doing that to, you know, I've been to other events where it's like you walk in and you're standing with people you don't know at all. And how do you walk up to somebody and talk to them? And so it's, these, these authentic ways and the genuine ways of connecting with people, I think are so, are much better for, for, I think you and me as introverts um, (laughs) and and the homebodies. I don't know. It's just, it's, it makes it easier for, for those of us who find social interactions to be difficult. Yeah. That does sound a whole lot less overwhelming than just being a wallflower in a big room, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And that was me. I'd, I never went up and talked to anybody because I would just go listen to the person speak. And then I'd be like, well, I don't, 
I don't know what to say to people. Yeah. It's so so forced. And I think too, there's an element, um, of a lot of those type of situations where you can kind of feel people like looking over your head while you're talking to them, like making sure like they're not missing the next level of important person. Um, right. Just always stressed me out. (laughs) Like that's not my bag. (laughs) Networking is important, but I think also finding a version of it that works for you is equally as important. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right. So do you have, uh, do you have any resources that you'd recommend for other women looking to, to start, um, either as a vocalist or I guess even to, to think about starting their own business? Um, I think leaning on your community and I think something that really like ties into that. And this is like a great piece of advice that I live by and it serves me really well. I think just realize that the other women around you with your same skill set are not your competition. Um, You are your only competition. And the women around you that are doing the same thing as you, they're your allies. Like you're all on the same team. And I feel like there are pockets of the Nashville industry that do feel like really competitive, but I've been really lucky in the circle that I roll with. We all kind of believe that a tide rises collectively, like not drop by drop. So, you know, I have tons of friends in town that are great singers and amazing vocal coaches, and we are not at war with one another. We refer each other if we're not available or we don't feel suited for an opportunity. Like, I have a really long list of incredible women that I'm really happy to pass the buck to. And I get a lot of work from them doing the same for me. And, you know, if, if vocal coaching and and singing in Nashville is in demand and doing well, we all do better. So I think it's just really important to not be threatened by the people in your city or in your community that are doing the same things. Um, and I think it can just feel that way because a lot of us come from a smaller town where like, we're the only person like us. So we stick out Mm -hmm. and we're the singer, we're the creative one. And then you get to a city and it's like, oh my gosh, there's a hundred thousand of me. <laughs> um, but I think that should be encouraging. It's not limiting, you know, like there's, there's not a lack mentality that we should buy into of like, there's only so much opportunity. And if they get it, I don't, it's like their success does nothing negative to me. It just means that there's the opportunity to have success doing that here. So I would just say like, you know, build your friends up and trust that your community is your team, not your competition. Yeah. I, I love that. And I think, um, I think part of it too comes from the, you know, stereotype of women are always competing against each other. Um, and that's what I love about a lot of these communities is that we we support each other and we collaborate and we, we lift each other up. Like you mentioned, um, you know, it's, it's not what people think we're not, out to, to be catty and to fight with each other. And it's, it's been amazing to meet people, you know, women who, I mean, I I've met podcasters who are doing things that are similar to me and it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, you have your, your like niche and I have mine and we different, we're different from each other, but we're similar. So we can, you know, share, yeah. um, share advice and share connections and yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's, it's such a, it's becoming such a great community, I think. And, um, the people who are that way will 
you know, won't find that connection and collaboration. And yeah, it definitely helps us for sure. Yeah. And I think it's also just a testament to like, you know, your belief systems become your reality. Mm -hmm. If you believe that everyone's your competition and there's only like a limited amount of opportunity, you're going to be right. But if you believe that everyone can rise and like everyone's success is a great thing and then, then it's a ripple effect, then you're right. Absolutely. Um, last couple questions here. Um, do you have any favorite books or podcasts or artists that inspire you and your work? I do. Um, my favorite book of all time is the alchemist. I I tend to revisit it about (laughs) once a year. Like if I feel like I'm just in a a spot in life where I'm not really like viewing things the right way. I'm like, well, it's time to reread The Alchemist. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that I really love that is so, I don't know, a surprising choice. Um, it's called Who Moved My Cheese? It's a very short read. It's actually like, I think for business minded people, I think is the directed audience, but I think it is the perfect manual for like surviving a year like 2020. Um, it's a really short, easy read, and I think everyone should read it, especially this year. (laughs) Um, and then I listen a lot to the Brene Brown podcast. I just really love her. Um, and I spend a lot of my time listening to the Naked Vocalist podcast. If you are a vocal nerd, you will love that. If it's not so much like broad stroke stuff, it's definitely like nerdy, nerdy voice talk. So (laughs) not for everybody. (laughs) Um, I'm definitely going to, I just pulled up who moved my cheese. I, I want to read this now. <laughs> You're going to love it. I, I just know you will. It's, yeah. it's just all about like um, resilience in its purest form. Like whoever can evolve the quickest will, you know, have the more pleasant experience. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm adding that to my list right now. Yeah. Um, And then uh, last question before we go, where can my audience find and connect with you online? Uh, You can follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Both of those handles are at Kendra Chantel. I also have um, facebook.com slash Kendra Chantel music and Kendra Chantel music.com is my website. Uh, You can follow me on Spotify, Apple music, all those things, but those are all linked um, on link tree in my Instagram too. So that's kind of the easiest first step. <laughs> cool. I will, um, I'll share all those in the show notes so everybody can connect with you and find your music and find your album coming out this week. Awesome. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Kendra. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I have loved our conversation. Thank you for listening to the broken glass podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, Visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.